0: All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Noble with Noble. This is episode 19, so close to the 20 mark. I'm really excited for next week, but we're not focused on that yet. We're focused on today, and today we have Mr. Cole Resnick, little What's baby going bro on? in the brokerage. <laughs> baby bro. Baby bro in the okay. brokerage. Yeah, okay. how are you, you doing?
1: I'm doing good, man.
0: Yeah? Yeah, I'm doing good. Business
1: as usual. Life's good. Good. Just working on... Uh, keeping things going and getting ready for spring
0: yeah i'm happy to have you on the podcast
1: dude it's honestly great to be here i thought i was gonna be one of the first
0: guests but here we are at number 19
1: and i couldn't be happier you know what
0: (laughs) for me it's just it's a ranking system of who i like the best exactly and i kind of like felt bad uh so i kind of you know i wanted to slot you in i probably you you know what i understand i understand i put you in the same range yeah, okay. Yeah, so I'm the, glad that we have like a mutual understanding of each other. Whenever you start your podcast, I can't wait to be the the third person on your podcast cuz, you know, now that you've been on my podcast, I'm sure I'll be up there as a top 5 of. Fair enough. Of those, man. So, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> we'll we'll get into it a little bit uh, you know, cuz I wanted to talk about cuz you're you're a young guy um, and you've been in the business for, you know, a little bit now yeah. and wanted to talk about you know, what it's been like starting like when you're, when you're so young, you know, you've worked on a team, you've worked by yourself. So we're going to touch on that. And you're a, uh, you're a big uh, music guy now, big, big uh I, I, w- I was going to say rapper, but you don't go by rap, artist. You, artist. Artist. It's all encompassing, right? Artist. Um, so.
1: Yeah. So I've been in uh, real estate now for two years. I uh, just hit my two, two year mark. Congratulations. And uh, thank you. Yeah. I also just turned 24 um, on Thursday. A couple days ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, as, time goes on in real estate, I think I'm just trying to more so grow myself. I find growing yourself is a big part of growing your business. So if you're going to grow as an individual, as a realtor, um, in order to grow your business, I think it's super important to grow yourself and kind of focus in on, you know, the, the more important things. And I'm talking more so from a sales perspective, like I'm trying to work on more interpersonal things and, you know, being able to connect with people as much as possible. I think that's probably my favorite thing and that's why i'm in this business
0: okay how did you start in real estate like what prompted you to go into it especially at a young age yeah
1: i was uh i was at western i was studying business management and i kind of got to a point where i realized like school wasn't for me like i'm not going to be the kind of guy that's like sitting in a classroom and you know teaching a lecture learning from a lecture and then going on a desk to work a nine to five i was
0: the exact same
1: i can't do that personally like that drove me crazy the uh the thought of that so um I ended up leaving Western. Initially my thought was like, I'm gonna come home and do school from home because like maybe just Western was too much for me and you know, being away from home. So I came home, tried it out at Ryerson. I was there for a week. Cried on the subway, <laughs> no joke. On the way there or the way home? The way home. It was like it was like a music video. It was like a, you know when you're like sitting, you're like sitting looking out the
0: window, just imagining yourself in. in yeah, and you know what? Yeah. I was
1: like, I am so unhappy. Like my life is just not. This is not where I want to be right now. So um yeah, I I ended up leaving school altogether. And so hold
0: on, what what song were you thinking about when you're crying on the subway? Honestly,
1: it was probably like "Stand" by Eminem or something. Okay. You know, like something really you know no, what I mean? it's just like nothing's deep, going right deep, right now. Yeah, okay. Um but yeah, so I ended up leaving school altogether. I was like working at a restaurant. I was a manager at a restaurant for like a year. And uh I th- thought to myself I was like, listen, like why don't I get into sales? Like I come from a sales background already. Like my dad's in sales, both my brothers are in sales. Um and I've always been a talker. Like I love to talk. So it's like why not put that together and sell something. And if you're going to sell something, you might as well sell the highest ticket item that you can. Right. And I think that was a big part of my mentality was like, I I actually, funny story. I actually never told you this. I almost got into insurance before I got into real estate. So I had an interview at uh, Canada life, like down, downtown. And, um, I was talking to this guy about it and we were just, you know, going through, you know, like just even commission structures and whatever, and how the pay works and how everything works and kind of got home and I was like, what am I doing? Like, I might as well (laughs) try to sell a house right? Like, why am I going to sell insurance? I might as well sell a high ticket item. There's nothing wrong with insurance, by the way, honestly, there's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> <I don't
0: know. laughs> no, my mom has been in insurance. Yeah. For,
1: like my, my brother started in yeah. insurance too. Like everybody, when she was like insurance. 18, 19. Yeah. Like that. So like, same as my oldest brother.
0: Yeah. And she's still doing it. So, yeah,
1: I just, I just kind of figured like, this is probably the right fit for me. Real estate, um, in terms of sales, like my, my brothers and my dad are in renovations. Um, Every sales job that you get's going to be a grind. It's really just a matter of how much are you willing to put into it. And, you know, if you expect big things from yourself, you're going to get big things. So,
0: um, you know, that's something I'm even working on now. Did you have any sales experience before you went into real estate? Because I guess, you know, working in a restaurant, like, yeah, you, you work with people and, you, know, you can speak to people and you know, you're managing people and you know, it's the same kind of thing, but it's not really sales.
1: No. So I didn't have any uh, like concrete, like I was a sales associate at sport check in high school. You know what I mean? As much as you know what, there's two schools of thought as much as you might think that's not sales. It is no matter what, if you're convincing somebody in one way or another, or you're helping them make an informed decision that's sales, right? And whether it's, you're selling them a pair of skis, a tennis racket, a house whatever insurance whatever you're selling it's all the
0: same (laughs) yeah
1: it's the same right like you're trying to make a connection with that person to help them to help facilitate what they need right and you know somebody comes into sport check they don't know what skis to get the whole point that the whole reason they come into the store is to get help from from a sales associate right so that uh you know even the even the restaurant Right when I was I was a manager there. That's not so much sales, but at the same time you're selling yourself. You're selling an experience, and I think that's probably that was actually one of my favorite experiences working there. Um, But yeah, I would say that those are like the only and I knocked doors, you know, a couple times for my dad when I was like 16. Yeah, now you do it. Scary,
0: (laughs) (laughs) scary experience when you're that young. Do you find it difficult um, to get into real estate at such a young age because you know most people in your network are finishing school starting their first jobs, not many people are moving out right now. And your sphere of influence, your network, the people who you know, you know, you have brothers and, you know, older brothers and they have friends, but for you in your network of people, do you find it difficult to find clients at this point or when you started?
1: So, yeah, um I think it's 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 pretty hard to get Obviously, the, the people that are 24, 23, anything younger than that, like around my age, um, because it is so expensive to live in Toronto. There's no other way to cut it up. You know, whether you're buying and you need a 20% down payment, the chances are, you know, you're not getting qualified for a mortgage unless you have a cosign. which in most cases, the younger people do, right? In order to, to be able to purchase, um, you know, you need help from somebody else. And even when it comes to rent, the rental market has been so crazy that, you know, people don't want to pay 2500 for a, a one-bedroom and no parking. And, you know, it, it's tough, right? So for that younger demographic, I think it is a little bit harder to, to find those clients. But I think once that referral base starts to grow, um, and I think that's where pretty much all my successes come from, um, that's where – you know, the clients are are sending you. So if I'm working with a 27 year old, a 30 year old, or whatever, you know, somebody that's more established, that has a little bit more money than, you know, the average person in their younger twenties. Um, that's where a lot of that business is going to come from. And you're going to be in those circles of influence, right? So you're almost just bridging out into different circles of influence. Like that's how, that's how I've found it so far.
0: And I think even for you, you know, you look a bit older than a twenty four. Only with the beard. Like, without yeah, you, without you, the beard, I look like I'm 14. So right, don't, don't be the, fooled. <laughs> but still, even then, you know, like I think looking a little bit older and and you know, going out and building that trust in people and like you said, having the confidence, right? You manage a restaurant at such a young age, and you've grown up again with brothers where you know they're sort of I, I don't want to say making you seem no, older than you do. are. And, but... and I'm gonna I'm gonna cut you off there because it's
1: not just about looking older. It's it's just the way that you sound. You know what I mean. Like I don't like to make myself sound like I'm older or more established or know no more than I do. But when you have the, like the confidence and the ability to project yourself and really tell people how you feel or what you think, um, you know, one of my favorite things in real estate, and it's gonna sound so twisted and backwards, but one of my favorite things is telling a client that this is not the right place for you, right? Because, and I th- I think a lot of people think. Well, why would you ever want to steer yourself away from making money or steer yourself away from an opportunity? Even if it seems like a golden opportunity, whether it's a tenant or a buyer, um, and it seems like it's something that you can get done, never sell yourself. like don't, don't allow other people to just get into situations that
0: are gonna make you money. You're the expert. Right. And that's long, the thing. Exactly. Long, as long term. As they, that's what. Yeah, yeah. If they trust that you're the expert and you're the guy that knows what they're talking about. Yeah. Okay. You know, they might see something that they like, but as soon as you see something that is off, as soon as you tell them that's, it makes it so much better. And they
1: gain respect for you. Your client is gonna have so much more respect for you if you tell them, hey, this is not the best way to go. This is not, you know, we could find something better. And I think that's that builds a lot of respect, um, you know, from your clients. And, and I think that helps strengthen the bond, right? Like I've had those really tough conversations where, you know, there isn't that much on the market at a certain point. And I'm starting to say, you know, I always tell a client, don't stress until I stress about finding a place, right? Which thank God that hasn't happened yet. Um, there's been a couple of instances where it gets a little, you know, we're getting a little close to occupancy date, but I think overall, you know, like even when there's not that much on the market right now, if they have a little bit of time, it's like, let's, let's put a pause on this for a second. Let's kind of backtrack and see what what else we can look at and if there's anything else that we can do. And, you know, they appreciate that patience and understanding so much more than you rushing into something and saying, yeah, you know what? This is a great one. It's a great fit for you, even if it's not. So I think that's- I've I've had that
0: too. Like last summer, I've I've been in that stressful situation where, you know, my clients want, or even a couple, even last month, where my clients got accepted two days before they were moving in. Mm -hmm. So it's like- you know, you get to that point where you're kind of scrambling, but the, at the same time, all of those <laughs> no's that you got before make up for the one yes because as soon as you find that one place, it's like, you know, you can see that's the way that, it goes that they're so much happier. And like, yeah. even now, like I, I had a buyer, we went out last week, and we walk into this. It's a townhouse. Okay, we walk in and we walk up the stairs. First thing at the top of the stairs is a kitchen. Look in the kitchen, no dishwasher. I go done. Like. Like, I, and, yeah. and my client, like he, he likes most of these places, right? Like they're, we're sending stuff every single day and there may be three or four that, that they actually liked. And this was one of them. And like, I guess maybe I'm missing the pictures or they didn't really have it in the picture. So you couldn't see, I walked that up there. To me like, too. They
1: didn't have a single appliance, let alone. A, no appliances? Nothing.
0: Like literally nothing. That's crazy. No fridge, no
1: dishwasher, no stove. Well, they had yeah. to.
0: Okay. I feel like there has to be a fridge. No fridge. That's nuts. That's nuts. It was a
1: showing in our in our area. No fridge, no dishwasher, no stove.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and that was for, for lease, right? No, for sale. Oh for sale? Oh yeah, that's
1: yeah, yeah. It wasn't for lease. Yeah, it was for sale. And like they didn't have any like oh, no, branded, this, they this
0: was for sale. This is yeah, like that's what like I'm saying. You're so they going to taken, buy. Yeah, yeah. they could have taken the appliances with them. But it's like, it's like how <laughs> it's, good is your fridge? No. <laughs> you know what I mean? But still it's like you walk into a place and it's like, you know they appreciate that you can see those you know what i mean
1: yeah and then it's also pointing out the different ways to get around things right like i i literally right before this podcast i was just on the phone um with a buyer and he's saying yeah you know I, i just showed my wife some of the um some of the units and she hates this one this one there's also that aspect of sales where it's like you have to turn on the sales charm and it's not that you're convincing them to get into something that's not good it's just like you know, as realtors, we can see past certain things, right? So if it's just a fresh coat of paint or curtains or a light fixture that's gonna make a huge difference, we know that too, right? A place isn't necessarily not good or not in good shape because it just needs a fresh coat of paint. You know, there's certain things that that we need to say. So it's like the same thing there, right? I had this conversation literally 20 minutes ago and I was like, listen, like this is still a pretty good option. Actually, the word that he used, that his, that, that his wife used for it was disgusting. She thought it was disgusting. Yeah. But, you know, you could see past those little things. Listen, sometimes
0: people have their opinions. But also, if they're buying a place, you have to let them know that they can make renovations if they want to, right? It's different than a lease where you don't really have that option. It's also the budget thing, too,
1: though, right? Like it is ev- Everybody is. does have their own budget. So some people want to move into a turnkey condo. Like, they just don't want to touch a single thing. Chances are, like... Unless you really have an extended budget, you're probably not going to get a turnkey place because, you know, the, the, the point where your budget is, you know, let's say we're talking 700,000 in, in Toronto and Thornhill, like wherever we're talking 700,000, you know, that right now in the market, that's not, you know, a a place where you're going to get a two bedroom, two bathroom condo with parking and all the bells and whistles.
0: (laughs) I mean, listen, we, we applied to one last, oh, actually, no, that's not true. We did apply to one last week, but it was very undervalued. It was priced at 700 at 699 This place was definitely going to go for $750. It's sold conditionally, so mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah, I told my clients, I was like, there's no point in us even putting in an offer because within your budget, it's going to go for at least 750 and that's not, like, you're not going to yeah, be able to it's get not it. feasible.
1: See, and then there's the opposite side of it. Like, I, I showed... Um, the same phone call, 20, minutes so much, it's great. I have so much content for this podcast for a 20-minute phone call. Um, yeah, we were looking at this other place and it just sold conditionally and we were kind of just waiting to see what it sold for because it was on the market for, I think like a month or something. And yeah, it sold like, not considerably under asking, but it sold under asking, which you know gives them the motivation too. It's like, okay, so if this place sold as 7.15, it sold for seven, and then the one that was on the market that we looked at was seven, and we could, you know, use that as our comp and get it for six eighty five, six eighty, $680, six ninety, whatever it is, and have an extra ten k to go
0: towards whatever those shortcomings were with the unit.
1: You know, that why you're, you're going to be yeah. in a good position, and exactly. that's
0: why whenever I do a setup for a search too for my clients, I always put them over budget a little always, bit. Always, yeah. So that when we find something, you want to see what's available. You want to see right? what's available, like even for a lease, right? If someone's looking at like like twenty two hundred, for example. I'll put it up to 23 24 Always, and they yeah. go, "Oh my god, these places are, you know, so much better." The other thing
1: is with that too, especially with the leases, is when you're showing somebody something for 2,200 a month, there's little cheeky listings on there that are 2250, 2225 that if we leave it at 22, you're not seeing that. And you know, an extra $25 a month, $300 a year in rent, you know, you, you could be missing out on a place that could be the one that you like. Right, so it is always important to, to bump it up, and then there's always the you know the negotiating power. Yeah, you have, can always negotiate depending, down, right? depending on the situation, yeah. on the you know on the on the listing. It has agent. to be reasonable, of but, course. Yeah, I mean that's a thing. I think um, trying to find common ground with with tenants, I think there's a lot of expectations as to
0: like, oh yeah, it's like twenty seven hundred. Like, let's try to get it for twenty three. Yeah. No. Nah. This is this is what I say. <laughs> if it's up for twenty seven and you want to go for twenty three. You give me a reason why. Yeah. Obviously I'm gonna listen to you. You know, I'm I'm acting in your best interest, and if you wanna do it, fine. But if you can't give me if if your reason is just because, because I want to, you know, it doesn't work. I I know it's not gonna work. It doesn't work.
1: And you know, the other thing is like you gotta understand as a as a client, like it's my reputation, right? If I had a listing at twenty seven hundred and and you know, I knew I was like, Okay, yeah, we priced it aggressively, but you know, we, we still were expecting, we, we had our expectations and somebody came in with 23. I just, I I wouldn't even know it. Like I'd be, it's almost like a slap in the face. You know what I mean? It's a slap in in the face to your pricing, which (laughs) maybe you really did overprice it and you deserve it. Um, but I mean, most of the time, like, listen, I pre-qualify every rental that I do. Like, I don't really like to go into a place if I don't tell them, Hey, this is my tenant. This is their profile. Here's some of the information on their you know, income and credit score and whatnot, do you think this would be a good fit? I think that there's nothing there's there's nothing more beneficial than already knowing if, you know, this is something that the landlord would be interested in, right? Because if you're in a precarious situation and you have, you know, maybe somebody that doesn't have credit or and then you go in and they don't really know that the landlord or the listing agent isn't going to like what they have, um, they're set up for failure and they don't even know it. Right. So I think it's all about building and managing expectations, especially when it comes to rentals. Right. Because people want to live. It's very expensive to live, but it's like, hey, this is what you can get. And I kind of laid it out for them. And if they give you a yes or no, you're saving both. You're saving yourself and your client trouble. Right. And travel time. And and, exactly. And that's the most important part.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've I've had I've made those mistakes before where I've gone out. I've had clients and, you know, it's it's unfortunate because there's a lot of discrimination that goes on. Uh, especially in the toronto market which is you know it's sad to see um you know because you have people of different ethnicities who own the place and then we have clients of other ethnicities trying to buy and it's just you know they don't want those type of people living in in their unit and i've taken a client out it's two boys and they're both friends and you know we've applied we applied to a couple of places and Immediately, I get a, get a call back. They say, no, they're, they're not interested in in having two boys who are friends. I
1: had that same thing with two, two women, like 27 years old. One was in insurance. <laughs> Funny enough, going to keep bringing it up, making great money, great credit score. I've also rented to them like a year ago or like a year before. Um, and the other one worked with, uh, I don't know, like Rogers or Bell or something. Again, secure job. She's been there for a while. And the reason was that they had women in there before and they just didn't want it again right so that is it's terrifying and how do you explain that to a client right and i think again you just it's managing expectations like hey listen at the beginning that first initial phone call you have this is the process you lay it all out right you don't want them running into a situation that's whoa you know when they when they look at you and they're like what just happened and they're very unhappy i that happens. Like I, you keep I, fighting, right? Exactly. That's a thing, right? Exactly. Because at the end it. of the day, yeah.
0: the landlord is the one who owns the property. They're the ones who, you know, decide who yep. the tenants are going to be. And if your tenants don't fit in the, you know, the demographic or the, you know, gender as, as, or whatever. As, as illegal
1: as it is, they'll find another way, right? And that's like, that's a problem with the rental market. There's so many loopholes. And, you know, how about the whole pet thing that you can't have... Yeah you can't legally say that somebody can have a pet, right? Or or you can't rent it unless the building, obviously in the, in, you know, the buildings, um,
0: the laws in, in, the and yeah, their, in,
1: in, in their, in their bylaws that they say that this is a no pet building. Most of them are restricted, right? Which means like you can have a pet up to like 25 pounds or something, but landlords legally aren't allowed to turn you down. They'll just do it anyways, right? They'll find another way to do it. So it is, listen, it's all expectations,
0: right? And, and trying to manage that. Yeah. So, uh, I guess shifting gears a little bit, You've done real estate by yourself and you've been in real estate on a team. So you started off on a team, right? What was your process like and why did you choose to go on a team versus going by yourself when you started? Because I've had people ask me, um, you know, hey, I'm just joining real estate, you know, are you by yourself? I'm thinking about joining a team. And like there are pros and cons to both, but You know, I only have my experiences from not joining a team and I want to hear something from you. Yeah,
1: for sure. I mean, I joined a team. It was uh, somebody that I was really close with, like, you know, went to camp with growing up. And as I was getting my license, like we started talking and it was just kind of like a seamless transition, right? It was like, come, come join the team, come join the brokerage. Easy enough, right? So I never really explored starting out on my own. I kind of just went right into the team. It was, it was kind of like predetermined from like a few months before I even got my license. Um, the team I was on, was, it was great. I mean, I think the thing that I love about a team is camaraderie, number one. You know, like you get to work with great people and everybody kind of bounces off each other and accountability. And I think that's also very important, right? When you're alone, which I'll, I'll get to, you're only accountable for yourself and either you surround yourself with good people who are going to help hold you accountable because this business it's like, if you're not doing anything, you're not, you're not making anything. Right. So yeah, the team experience, it was, it was really interesting. I learned a lot. Um, I got to work with some great people. I got to see some, you know, great listings and, and, you know, be brought along on, on different projects. Um, but yeah, I mean, I found like once I once I was towards the end of working with the team, it was more so like I was just ready to kind of see where I could take it myself, you know? And whether you're on a team or not, like teams operate very differently, right? Like there's no one kind of set, like this is the team structure. It's really on a per team basis, right? So I um, I loved it, you know? We, we had the opportunity to have our weekly meetings and then, you know, everybody would kind of do their own thing. We'd set our own goals, which is great. Right. Again, the accountability. Um, but what I like about working with uh, like, you know, just myself and and not on a team is like, I basically kind of have a team, right? Like I consider you somebody that I can turn to and say, Hey man, like I need help with X, Y, Z. Like I have these showings I can't make. And if I don't have you, I've got Anna or a bunch of other people. Exactly. Tyler. I have so many people in the office that, that are, are willing to help out. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think the decision was just like, I was ready to grow on my own. And I think until you're like kind of thrown out to the sharks or to the crocodiles, like that's where you really have to figure out what to do. And um, in those moments of not knowing what to do and hey, like I'm kind of I'm kind of lost here for a minute, that's, that's when you're gonna grow, right? So it's,
0: what would you recommend for someone who's just starting in real estate? If, it's a tough know? question. I know.
1: That's a tough question. Um, you know what? I'm turning this on you. Why didn't you join a team? And then I'll answer that question.
0: okay. no, that's that's good. So I didn't join a team. Uh, I actually went in with the expectation that I was going to join a team because it seems like you know a business where, again, like you said, you start off, you don't know anything. you don't know anyone, right? Like obviously, I have my sphere of influence, but not everyone's gonna move out right away right when I start. So when I actually had my meeting with Darren, um I was talking to him about joining a team. I was like, you know, this is what I think. And he said, yeah, you, know, you can do that, but I would recommend not joining a team. Because the support that we have that we're giving you is enough so that you'll still be able to learn and grow and we'll help you out. But you won't have that person, you know, like you can call us anytime, but you know, number 1, you're not going to have to commission split with someone on on your team yeah. with with, a, with your team lead. And number 2, uh, you know, like like I said, the support that they're that they're giving you is enough so that you're basically on a team, but you're exactly, by yourself, right? Exactly. Yeah. And most people that I've spoken to, um, you know, obviously Slavin's is is a lot different than most brokerages because most brokerages, like I have friends who are, you know, at Royal LePage and Forest Hill and et cetera, et cetera, you know, Remax, whatever, <laughs> yeah. and they're going out by themselves and yeah. they're not getting any support, right? So it's a lot harder for them, yeah. to go out and really build their careers. Whereas for me. I feel like the right decision that I made by joining this brokerage, I'm getting the help that I would on a team, but by myself, right? So if I were, if I were to do it again, I would do the exact same thing because I feel like I'm succeeding enough on my own that I don't need a team, but I still have those people that I can, like you said, go back and ask questions. And, you know, like I have someone like, like Rachel Levy, who's been on the podcast and, Mm -hmm. Like I'll just go into her office, call her anytime. And she's, you know, happy to have me as a part of her team, but she helps me out enough so I can go and ask her questions. And she's, you know, she helps me out and I don't have to worry about it. I think
1: honestly, the most, I think that's the the most important part for me in real estate is having that office, you know, like our brokerage, you know, from what I've heard, like we, we really do it differently. Right. And I think that is a huge part of why I was so comfortable you know, going out on my own. I, of course I had that conversation with Darren, like before I, I before anything happened. And um, yeah, you know, it seems like that, that transition into what could be very scary once you you start on a team and you're going to go on your own um, with the right people makes it so much more seamless. And, so and if, if
0: you were to go back, <laughs> would you join a team again? Or would you go, or would you start off real estate on your own?
1: I would, uh it's a really tough question. The team brought me so many amazing things. It really did at the beginning, you know what I mean? Like when you're just starting out, it is it is very helpful. Um, I don't think I would change, I don't think I would change my trajectory of what I had, you know, what I started with and where I am now. Um, I think it kind of gives me a lot of, there's a lot of insight, a lot of things that I took from it. You know, not everything sunshine and rainbows, whether you're on your own or you're in a team right so i think that there was a lot that i took from um being on the team you know both amazing and things that i i personally would have done differently but applied them to
0: you know my business going forward and listen maybe one day i'll have my own team yeah i was gonna say is is the plan to work on your own and have your own team are you i i
1: love working with people like i love working with people i love having that you know um leadership Kind of role, you know what I mean? I like I like being the guy that that some that people can come talk to and ask questions anytime that they have. Um, I think it's definitely a possibility, you know, down the line. Right now, I'm still working on growing my own business, um, which has been a lot of fun and super exciting. And you know, I'm, I'm excited to see where we end off this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's up in the air.
0: You manage the restaurant, so you can I, manage a, a real estate. And you team know, here.
1: that was that's that's one thing that I kind of took away from the restaurant. Right? Is like when you. I had to have conversations with people that were like four or five years older than me about, you know, like, hey, we got to sit down and talk. (laughs) Like, that's weird. When you're 21 managing a restaurant and you're going out to some guy who's 27, who's been there for so much longer than you, you're like, listen, like, I saw this go down. We got to kind of do something about that, right? And they trust you. Yeah. I mean, listen, it is what it is, right? And that was, I actually got hired as as a busboy at that restaurant. And while I was in training, they promoted me. Like the, I had two days of training. The first day of training, they promoted me to was like a server. And then uh, I was I was cleaning the bathroom one day, and the GM walks in. And he's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, no, "I'm just cleaning up." He's like, "We should have a talk." And we spoke, and he's like, "What do you think about management?" I was like, oh, "That sounds great." And uh, it was just like a two day promotion. to from, Manager. From bus boy to manager. <laughs> boy to man- so you know what? That's actually a pretty good title for a book or something. Bus, <laughs> bus boy, <laughs> boy to, to manager. manager. That's not bad. Um, but yeah, um, you know, I just love being in that role. So you know, who knows? Okay, who knows?
0: That's good. Yeah, uh, and we'll we'll talk a little bit about your music career too, because yeah, because you're you're kind of doing that on the side, yeah. and. You know, is it, is it tough? Cause it's the same thing, right? Like you're putting out music and you're trying to put yourself out there, but it's and, difficult.
1: And if you're not doing it the right way, you're not making money. It's very similar to real estate, right? Where it's like, you could put in so many hours. Like I, I don't even know how much I put in at this point. Um, you know, I had a day last week where I had showings and I was working. It was pretty much like eight 30. I was downtown or nine o'clock. I was downtown until like got home at like five of like just straight like showings and running around. 5 to, like, 8 o'clock, I'm in my studio at, like at, at home. And then, like, 8.30 to, like, 12.30 at night, I was filming a music video. And that one day was, like, I loved it. I loved it. When you're, it's feeling, good. When you're you, busy, it's, it's great. It's things that you love. You know what I mean? Like, I know you play drums, too. I'm sure, like, when you, after a long day, but you have, like, a... You know, you book some space and you guys jam out. Like, I'm sure you guys love that.
0: Yeah, it's it's yeah. so it's 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 a release. It
1: is, yeah. and it's it's just like a passion, right? So, I think for me, the 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 management of time between real estate and music it's hard because I love music so much. I've been writing music since I was like 10 years old, right? Um, started recording it, you know, just like basically off my computer, like just whatever. And you know, now I'm just I. I I really see a future in it. Like I had some success on TikTok, and then I kind of like just stopped. You know, I just couldn't manage that social media. Like I felt like I was like kind of selling out and like all this stuff. And there's a lot. Like you got to be on there pretty the, frequently. This business too, it's the
0: exact same exactly exactly. You, you know, like constant.
1: Yeah, and and with TikTok, like I went up like thirty thousand followers, like pretty quick, and I was going live every single night during the pandemic. And um, I remember like it like. People's expectations of me got like very skewed, and it got very hard to manage those people as well. It's like, listen, I'm just a human being. Like, I'm I'm not even like a celebrity. You know what I mean? But people like attach themselves
0: to you. Oh, well, right? you're a celebrity to me, so ah, I appreciate that. But yeah,
1: you know, it's it's so tough, and that kind of like everything, it all always fighting at once. Right? It's like your mentality of, hey, I really want to do this, but that's taking away from this. I'm. It's gonna sound very contradictory, but. I'm a very firm believer that if you don't put your all into one thing, then it's gonna be hard for the other things to work out, right? Like, if I put my all into real estate, then, you know, I'd say I have 99%, but if I don't have that 1%, then who knows, right? But I love music so much that I'm willing to sacrifice that and work on the music too, right? But if I don't put my all into music, it's like, who's to say that that's gonna. So, like, it's always that in your head, right? I think at, to this point, I've managed it very well in terms of you know, how I spend my time and what I'd love to do. And yeah, I mean, I, I love it. I got a new song coming out March 31st, Yeah.
0: which I'm pretty pumped for. All right. That's good. Well, actually we're, we're uh, almost at the end here. Beautiful. i going to leave you with one question. Yes. And I always ask, what's some advice that you would give a new realtor or someone just going into a business uh, by themselves, even if it's a music career Yeah. or, you
1: know. I would say, Put your head down, and this is one thing that I wish I did myself because I stress myself out so much. I would say put your head down and silence everything in your mind telling you that you can't do it because you can. If you believe you can, you're going to do it. And surround yourself with like-minded people and good people, whether you're in real estate, at your office. If you're making music, surround yourself with like-minded producers, engineers, um, and just put your head down and do it because you can do it. It's just a matter of if you tell yourself you can.
0: That's good. Thanks, Cole. Yeah, no worries, man. Thank <laughs> no, you. No, I really appreciate it. No, it was a, it was yeah. a good chat. You know
1: what? That is a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a lot I'm of fun. I'm
0: glad. Well, maybe we'll have you on in uh, in a year or two, but by that time, maybe we'll be on an episode like 70. Yeah, that would be crazy.
1: 80, Who, maybe 90? we can even do my stage name at that point, right? Like, we, could,
0: not even, we're not even going to do Cole <laughs> <laughs> It could be just, you know, you as, a, as either like the top real estate agent or. As a top listen, uh, artist on Spotify? One of
1: them, I'm feeling it. One of
0: them's That's in. It. One you of gotta, them's gotta in. You <laughs> gotta manifest it. You gotta put your head down and just and do just it. Surround yourself. And just yeah. do it. So, uh, yeah, anyway, yeah, thanks so much. No, man, uh, where my can pleasure. people find find you online?
1: So, Instagram, Cole Resnick Real Estate or Real Kid Cole if you're in the mood to listen to something good. Um, TikTok, Real Kid Cole. That's it. You know, for the, for the real estate stuff, it's all on my Instagram, uh, Cole Resnick Real Estate.
0: And yeah, that's that's where I'm at. That's where well, my that's where we're home gonna, is. We're gonna link it. So, Beautiful. Uh, people are gonna be able to see it Beautiful. Online and uh, no, thanks so much. We had a appreciate great it. Great chat. No, you're we'll awesome. See everyone next week. Thank you. Take it easy. All right.